You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. It's been a little while. We apologize, but the gang is all here. Hey, gang. Hey. Howdy. So, uh, it's been like almost a month since we recorded last. Uh, <gasps> I, I know. I'm going to chalk that up to us being extremely busy at the end of the school year, at the beginning of summer vacations, um, sports things happening, wrapping up, uh, basically COVID ending completely everywhere. And, you know, now things are getting back to normal and busy again. We're kind of uh, resettling, in my opinion. I would, I would say absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I know me personally, like, my schedule all of a sudden has shifted from lots of free time to no free time, and now I have to juggle priorities. And, of course, Tabletop and Beyond is a priority, um, but it took a little bit to shake it out that way. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Uh, Jay, welcome back. I know you went on vacation, and uh, uh, Dan, welcome back. I know that you were out of town for a little bit, too. Yep. Happy uh, to be here. Yeah, so we're happy to have everybody back in uh, in the saddle. So today we are going to talk about some of our favorite gaming holes and why they are our favorites. Um, but before we get there, let's talk about our Geek Week. Uh, Jason, why don't you kick us off? All right. You know, this is funny because uh, we haven't met for like a month, and I've had probably all these different things I wanted to throw in the Geek Week, and I can't yeah. remember any of them. <laughs> now, <right? laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> But uh, I did say that, you know, my wife and uh, and I took our kids to uh, Myrtle Beach uh, right after the school year ended. My son graduated high school, so we went down for a, uh, a little vacation there. I'm not a beach guy myself, but um, uh, my, my wife and kids love it. But uh, while we were down there, I said, you know what, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play some arcades. So I found, you know, you can always find on the beach old like uh, quarter arcades. Right. Yeah. Play play some Street Fighter two. Nice. Or, you know, even some Mrs. Pac-Man or something like that. And and I got on this kick and I thought, you know what? I, why do I not have, like, my whole life growing up, I spent so much of my money on the on arcades. Like, why do I not? I'm an adult now. Why do I not have an arcade cabinet in my basement? Yeah, yeah. why, why Jay? Why? I know. So I, I said, <laughs> I'm going to change that. I'm going to fix that problem. And so, your basement uh, could contain about 13 of them. <laughs> it's true. Full-size pinball machines to the whole yeah. gamut. Yeah, so, I, so I, I got online. I started looking up old, you know, I pumped so much money into uh, uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and, and The Simpsons and Teenage nice. Mutant Ninja Turtles and you just name it, right? So I got online. I said, well, are there any, you know, Mortal Kombat cabinets you can buy? And, you know, if you try to buy, like, the actual originals, you know, obviously those cost lots of money because they just don't make them anymore. You know, you're looking yeah. at, like... Anywhere from nine hundred dollars to probably three grand, yep. depending on the quality of these things. And uh, or, I found that there's a company called uh, One Up Arcade that um, that uh, makes uh, Arcade One Up. Sorry, Arcade One Up that actually has l- makes licensed cabinets using a little bit newer technology. So they have you know they use like LCD screens, but they still give you kind of you know the joystick and the buttons, and it's in the form factor of a normal cabinet. Yeah, they're doing the Lord's work right there. That yeah, is, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. There's going to be a special place for them in the afterlife. You know, it's yeah. like, what did you do? Well, you know, I killed yeah. a dog, but I made those cabinets. Come on in. Yeah. Well, and what's cool is that um, they make tons of cabinets for, like, 
all the games that you probably played in the arcade, and probably not all of them, but you know, tons of games, the popular ones. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and you know, people could say, "Well, I can get online now. I go to Amazon. You can buy one of those. Um, you know, you can buy one of those Mame cabinets for like you know, two hundred bucks, and it comes with eight thousand games. It's like, okay, yeah, but those are all like pirated, you yeah. know, ROMs yeah. and stuff. These like this isn't officially li- these are officially licensed from like Midway. Yeah. You know, and, nice. and these things. Yeah. So, but what's cool about that is because they're officially licensed, um, the companies they license from give them more than just the game of the cabinet. So I bought oh. the Midway Legacy Edition Arcade, which looks like a Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet, uh-huh. but it actually has 12 games inside it. It has Whoa. Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 3, Joust, uh, Rampage, oh, awesome. Gauntlet, Paperboy, Root Bear Tapper, you know, Root and it's like, yeah. All those games that like you know dumped quarters into. Dude, I so. crushed Paperboy as a kid. Yeah, that, that was kid. like uh, that's about a thousand bucks, right? To get that. Uh, it's four hundred dollars. Four hundred. What? Three hundred ninety-nine dollars. What? Yeah. Holy so it's crap on a cracker. I know, right? So that's well, and a here's, good deal. Here's the thing, right? It's because I mean LCDs are cheap, yeah. right? Computers yeah. are cheap, and yeah. it's just it's just wood in the cabinet yeah. and buttons. Yeah. So it's you know that the place that are a. a the place that we are right now, all that you're probably paying for is just them uh, absorbing their license fee to Midway. Yeah. Because wow. it's so cheap to make the components. And I'm guessing sure. that, you know, it's not going to be like the most awesome, sturdy, robust cabinet. But I got online and watched some YouTube videos, and they've made like 13 cabinets, different cabinets yeah. of games. And everybody says, you know, it's great for the money. Right. Just to have something in your basement that, you know, you and your buddies or your kids can just kind of reminisce on. So I'm excited. I wanted to get the Golden Axe four-player one, four joysticks yeah. and buttons. Yeah. But it's just one thing I found about these arcade cabinets, arcade one-up cabinets, is that they sell out super fast, and they don't restock options. So I got lucky. Oh. Like, I found a back door in Walmart. Like, if you go to Walmart and type this cabinet in, it comes up as not in stock. But if you go to Google and type it in... It'll give you a different link for Walmart where <gasps> it is in stock. No. And so. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I got lucky. I got one in stock. It's Did you get the tomorrow. four player? It's, it's arriving, arriving tomorrow. tomorrow? Is, it arriving four tomorrow. Pl- is it a four player? Or no, two this player? Was the So sorry. The Golden Axe one is just out everywhere. So okay. I couldn't get the Golden Axe. So that's why I went with the Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet. So but, are you like on some sort of like Twitter thing when it does come available, you're going to get that one too? Dude. So here's the thing, right? So uh, obviously this is I want to I want to verify the quality of the arcade yeah. one up yeah, brand yeah, yeah. with this cabinet, and even if it's crappy, like you know, I, just having those games would be fun. But uh, yeah. if the quality is good, they're re- they're re-releasing the TMNT Turtles in Time uh, <gasps> four-player cabinet it's no. very soon. July first is when they no. take pre-orders. Oh my gosh! So I'm like, if I like this cabinet, then I'm oh probably gonna gosh. put a pre-order for that TMNT one. And and uh, does it come with other games with that one too? It does. Yeah, all oh, of their cabinets sweet. come with multiple games. Oh my gosh, that sounds games. amazing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So th- here's what's funny. Uh, just to stay on this, and we'll just make this my geek week. But it's funny. <laughs> I got uh, into our Discord channel, and I was trying to debate between like f- I think three cabinets. So because they're yeah. also recent releasing a Simpson cabinet too. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Nobody wanted you to get Simpsons. <laughs> oh my gosh, nobody did. <laughs> But I, I, so I posted in our chat and I said, all right, guys, here's the choice. Simpsons, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or Golden Axe. And of course, like every forum and thread you get on, what are the answers? Well, I would get uh, Joust. Well, I would get uh, Golden <laughs> yeah. Axe. 
Well, I would like uh, I would like Double yeah. Dragon. I'm like, guys, that's not the options. <laughs> so- Listen, I said Double Dragon, and I stand by that. There was no Double Dragon captain. Actually, there is a Double Dragon captain, I think. Oh, my god! I think there is a Double Dragon captain. But, yeah, so anyways, I'm excited. It'll be fun to have you guys over to have a little Mortal Kombat 2 tournament. Hopefully, since it's coming tomorrow, as long as there's no problems, it'll be up and ready running for GuildCon. Oh, oh my gosh, a Mortal Kombat 2 tournament? That yeah. sounds amazing. It'll be fun. Oh. You Super could do that, fun. like, during lunch. It's, yeah. like, perfect, like, lunchtime, like, gaming activity. Oh. Yeah, totally Oh, cool. dude, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, uh, we'll, well, more to come on that. We'll see how it goes. Um, so, uh, my last thing for Geek Week is when we were on vacation, um, while the, in the evening after everyone was beat tired from the beach, I put on some Netflix and I got into the Castlevania series that's on Netflix. Uh, I really like that series. Yeah. Burned through season one and two so far and uh, continuing to make progress. They um I think the last time I picked it up there was only two seasons. So there's four now. Oh okay. I gotta I gotta watch three and four then. Yeah. Um yeah, there was only two seasons at that time. It was a slow burn, but a good burn. It's it definitely started slow. Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed it, yeah. Definitely good. Good burn. Um you know, I my family's a big anime family, my prob- mainly because my daughters it comes and go with me, but my daughters are into it heavily, like a lot of teenage girls are right now and but uh, this is definitely not like uh, I mean it's anime. It has the style, the the animation style of anime. But mm-hmm. um, I mean I don't know. I I don't know if I would classify this as kind of uh, mainstream anime right now. It's more there's more like oh, I don't know, man, because anime is so broad. There's, there's action before, anime. There's drama. Yeah. I asked yeah. you before the show. I was like, is that even anime? Like the the definitely the like the art direction and kind of the pacing feels anime but like the um story structure doesn't feel anime so it's it's i don't think you can answer the question really because yeah. it used to be anime meant it was actual animation that came out of japan right 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 it's not the case anymore it's really just a theme or a style yep and i think that there are plenty of animes that are, that follow along the same style of storytelling yeah um because I mean, it was a little bit more of a Western storytelling rather than like a Japanese style. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't what, know. What uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's um, either way. It's a great story, and if yeah, you're a fan like of it. Castlevania, you know it's oh, yeah. it's fun to jump into that uh, into that series for sure. It is yeah. mature though, so it's not um, you know it uh, mature in terms of language and gore. It's yeah. not. There's not really any sex or anything like there's that. There's no f- fan service there. No, not yet, at least. Yeah, I don't really. That's not really its style either, right? Not, no, I think so. it alludes to it a little bit every now and then, but um, you know, because vampires typically yeah. there is something with that with vampires. Uh, yeah. But uh, not really in this case. It's really more about the vampires dominating. You know, treating mankind as cattle and yeah. mankind fighting back. That kind of stuff. Highly recommend it. That's it for me, man. Nice, nice. Dan, how about you, buddy? Awesome. Yeah, uh, I got in two live RPG sessions in the space of eight days, and one of those was not hybrid. And they were both in my house at my new game table. Nice. We had minis. We had snacks. Uh, The game table needs the writing desk extensions for RPGs. It was so great. The whole thing was just fantastic. Um, you know, same game, two different groups, who cares? 
Um, one of our players, he was, this is one of the few things he had done since our last, um, con. So, uh, he, he's like, people, <laughs> I'm like, dude, there's a whole world out there. It's so great. So anyway, um, getting really excited and really enjoying in-person gaming again and just loathing the idea of playing uh, over Zoom. Now, that same friend who I mentioned, he said, oh, look, it's been so great getting together with friends all over the country and playing an RPG again. I totally see that. I get that. That makes total sense. But um, but for my for what I enjoy, my, my group that drive – I used to drive 45 minutes to go play at this other guy's house – and now that whole group is driving 45, 50, hey. 60 minutes to come to my place. Nice. So that's a good thing. You awesome. guys know, know my love for strange card decks. Now, this deck that I just ordered, it hasn't shown up yet. It has 23, 24 logical fallacies and 24 cognitive biases. Right. It's oh, I from, saw that. I almost bought that. Yeah, thethinkingshop.org. It was on uh-huh. Facebook. Facebook knows how to dial my number because I used to study. <laughs> right? I used to have to study these in high school because I was I I was in speech and debate and I competed nationally, so we had all these fallacies down pat back in the day. So in my RPG life, I have a fourteen-sided virtue and vice dice with seven virtues, seven vices. I've got the Ten Commandments on a dice to figure out what kind of sin does this person commit or not nice. commit, right? I so I've got those. I've got a mood dice with six different emotional attitudes, and now I can pull a deck to pull a card out of a deck to see how they think. What are their cognitive biases nice. or what, what kind of natural logical fallacies do they, mm-hmm. do they uh, lean towards? And uh, we should do this in another show. I bet you in two card pulls and a, and a dice roll, I could come up with a pretty well-rounded NPC from thin air. Um, so anyway, uh, that's... Yeah, if you can figure out the way they think... Um, all of a sudden, you can become them. Do you know what I mean? And um, in, instead of thinking about how would, uh, you know, Jeff act in this situation, you would naturally get there because you're like, well, Jeff likes to, you know, use the straw man. So he's always going to be throwing something out there, to, yeah. you know, like uh, kind of that logical fallacy to attack, you know, or, or, or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, the more that you can kind of become and think uh, or, or like become these characters, the easier it is to role play with them. Right. For sure. I so, thought about getting these to have uh, nightly debates with my children, like using flashcards. <laughs> nice. All right, it's time to, it's time to do our critical thinking flashcard. Nice. 30 minutes of flashcards. I like that. I I, uh, I know your kids. You should get them for that. <laughs> and the best, right. yes, the, for sure. The, the best would be if they came to you and they're like just arguing with you. And you just had this deck of cards, and they said something. You just laid a card out in front of them. Yeah, said like red herring. Oh my gosh! You know? Dude, <laughs> and so just didn't of, say anything. Just laid it in front yeah. of them. <laughs> so many of our discussions involve those topics. Yeah, and identifying them in their current line of reasoning. Yeah, like and you know, this is not working because of this. Yeah. Like, come on, Dad, stop! So yeah, awesome. yeah. So I, I plan on using these and incorporating them into my uh, NPC generation. Also, the other deck I've talked about before, um, my one group of players went so far off the rails. I had nothing planned for them. They said, "Well, we don't want to do any of this stuff. We want to go bounty hunt." And I was able to pull one of those, the other deck from the other, the other thing, the lore smith stuff. 
And they're like, hey, we're all going to have birthday cake for our for this one friend who's here. We'll sing happy birthday. And, Dad, you go figure out what the rest of the session is going to be. <laughs> well, I stood there and stood, sang, sung happy birthday and had birthday cake like a regular person. And then we all sat down and they're like, so what are the bounties? And I went through, and because I had those decks, I gave them four options. And so stuff like this allows them allows me as the as the GM to totally be somewhat prepared or at least have a writing prompt when the rails just disappear or when the players take the rails and jam them down your throat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to get these. I'll see how they work out. Or if they, if they get, there's not a big deck. It's only like, you know, 50, it, you know, 60 cards or whatever. So it should be fun. I'll let you know how it goes. You know, the, the nice thing in my opinion is that you get to play, you get to play loose, right? Like in, in the sense that, um, if you're worried and concerned about like, oh my gosh, I got to come up with something, I got to come up with something. And like, that's all you can think about. Then like you start to get um, tunnel vision, um, you know, because like kind of your, your emotional and cognitive, you know, functions are wrapped around like, I got to provide something, I got to provide something. So yeah. your stress is going through the roof. You're tightening up, you know, mentally, maybe even physically, you know what I mean? You're just like, ah, and I know that when I'm, when I am DMing, um, the looser that I am, like, the, and that usually comes with preparation. Like, the more prepared I feel, the looser I am, the more that I can riff off of the players. Yeah, and that's where we yeah. have a lot of our fun sessions. You know, like, a lot of times there was, um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, we did uh, a couple of sessions ago, Jason, during our, our thing. We had a whole session with um, those cannibal wolves, uh, wolf guys, remember, from the wolf tribe? Um, and, yeah. uh, we had these cannibal guys and the whole session was kind of just riffed off of them. I had a loose outline of what they needed to do. Um, but they just kind of did it and I did it and, but I felt prepared enough that I wasn't like uptight. And when I get uptight, that's when I usually start to get like, uh, no, you can't do that. Uh, because I, I, I feel like I've lost control. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, I, I need to control. So having those types of aids right there, you know, and it, it goes the same thing with like, you know, knowing your art, knowing your NPCs helps you, um, it really helps you get in their head and then you can just free flow it because you are that character. You're not just playing them on TV, you know, and, and you so. break out of the stereotypes. Well, here's the yeah. best example. And Jay was in this session where the guys had figured out that there was a bad guy who was being a good guy who was being a bad guy. And they were just going to go into his tent and whack him yeah. and make their lives easier. Well, I rolled my virtue vice dice and I came up with penitent so they were going to come in and shoot him in the back, and he was on his knees praying, and they couldn't do it. Oh, they couldn't awesome. do it, right? They were, like, <laughs> totally clenched up. They're like, ah, it's against it. This is wrong to just kill a guy while he's praying. That makes us the bad guy. <laughs> and so that totally just – it totally changed the session. It totally – everything veered around that. So um, – you know, it's sometimes that virtue vice dice that I have comes, it's weighted for lust, I swear. I roll that thing three out of two out of one out of three rolls is lost every time. And that is super boring. And I don't go with that because it's not how I play because I'm not from far Verona. Right. right? So <laughs> long story short, uh, re you pick it up and re-roll it. If you pull a card and you think it's stupid, pull another card. Right. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, two nights ago, I had another session where 
they decided to raid the old museum and start stealing from the museum. I wasn't ready for a museum heist, but I had yeah. the Lore Smith deck that had, I don't know, thousands and thousands of things they, they could have found. I had a two or three things that were awesome in the books, and I supplemented that with four or five things out of the card deck. And yeah. some of those had more Im- impact on the plot than the stuff in, in the published book. So um, anyway, I, I just, I, I love this stuff. It, it, anything that you get that keeps yourself interested in the game is going to be, is, is, is just going to add to everyone's experience. Sure. All right. Justin, what was your uh, Geek Week? Uh, mine has been a busy, busy week. Um, some of it geeky, some of it not. But uh, one of the biggest things is that we finalized a lot of our uh, guild con prep. So that's really good. That's really good news. Um, we are going to be um, we are going to be uh, sending out the second round of emails to our friends to get them to sign up. But the first round uh, we had a pretty good response, and uh, man, this is going to be I, I think at least double of what we got last year. You know, and last yeah. year, granted, it was COVID time and and all that, but I think. The success of it last year um, definitely tipped the scales on some people wanting to do it this year. They're like, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to be taking some time off of work to come and do this, you know. So I know that we got some people coming in from out of town. Your brother's coming into town. My brother's Mm -hmm. coming into town. Our buddy Mike's coming into town. I mean, like, we got people traveling from across, literally across the country to come and attend this thing. And, um, you know, I, I just can't help thinking, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself. I'm probably putting the cart before the horse, but, you know, what's what's where's the harm in a little bit of speculation? You know, I mean, if this if this thing continues and the interest is still there, like, I, I mean, maybe the next year or the year after, like, we're talking about needing to move this to a bigger venue, you know, so that we can accommodate more people. And um, smart, anything that's smart growth, I'm all about. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I think uh, I think there's ways to get it from a small con to a medium con, a medium con, you know, or maybe a larger than small con, mm. <laughs> a, a small. You know? Now there's so. a couple different ways to do this that we should think about, and and we don't obviously have to answer that here, but there's usually in any town, and our town is let's throw our town into that equation. There's usually one or two small cons that super that struggle to. You know, they usually have one guy who kind of organizes it every year. Yeah. You can go off on your own or you can go find those cons and say, you know, or you, you can kind of infect the con. <laughs> you yeah. know, with all that stuff has pro, all, all that stuff has pros uh, uh, and cons. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, it, it might be interesting, um, might be worth a conversation. Probably not. I like I like owning the whole stack because then we can control the experience and it's our taste. So anyway. Yeah. Listen, the thing that I love about GuildCon, and I said this to a couple of our friends, the thing I absolutely love about GuildCon is that we have big con experience in this very local con. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, you've, you've GM'd at, D, at uh, Gen Con. I have, Jason has, yeah. you know, like we've run games at other cons. Like we have people who have been to enough conventions to know how like these things generally work. So that when they're running a game, they know how to kind of keep things moving, you know? So um, like we're bringing that level of experience into our little like 30 person thing. And I think that's what sets it apart from just a bunch of guys getting together, 
in a basement, which don't get me wrong, that's always fun. But when we're doing it over four days, the structure and the, you know, the, the variety that it plays a big factor in its success. Yeah. So. And one of the things we got to think about is make sure it's a fun for us too, because as, yeah. as soon as it feels like a job, it's, it's a kiss of death. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So as part of, as part of getting ready for GuildCon, as I was telling you before the podcast, I've got this like uh list that is like a mile long of all the things that I need to pretend like prep content wise for it. Like I've got miniatures that need to be painted for our war cry session. I've got miniatures that need to be built and painted for, um, uh, the curse city game, which by the way, I cracked open the box and I have built three quarters of the minis, and I did not get a bad box. Oh, so, this is harkening back to like that's seven good. episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. So I got all the zombies I needed. I got all the skeletons I needed. I got all the bat swarms I needed. Everything you walked away good. from $1,000 of profit. Yes, I did. I did indeed. So, uh, but that's okay because like those models are amazing. As I'm putting together, I'm like, well, these are awesome models. And I think the game's going to be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, so I, you know, just putting all these together, needing to paint them, like I'm, I, like each day is ticking down, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's one day closer to the <laughs> the thing that I just like need to get this stuff done, and so like my wife's like, boy, you've been like really cranking out the painting a lot, and I'm like, I gotta get it done, but you well, know, at the same time, it serves as motivation. Pa- you've you've fallen into the to paint or not to paint trap. Well, see, the thing is, is I definitely want to paint because a lot of the minis that are in that Curse City box are also minis I want to incorporate into the Warcry Warbands, you know. So it's like a it's like a twofer on that one. But I do it to myself, but at the same time, like it's also motivation. You know what I mean? Like I got a deadline, so I'm working towards it, and it gives yeah. me more focus. So I kind of complain about it, but I'm not really complaining about it. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> good deal. Cause I'm still doing it. Cause I love it. You know I mean? I love to paint. So, yeah. you know, anyway, but yeah, that's, that's basically my geek week. Good. All right. Yeah. Let's get into some news, 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 news. Sorry. I didn't have a real audio cue. Hook. I, th- <laughs> I don't know what the right new audio is. All right. In Dungeons and Dragons news this week, Wizards of the Coast, D&D executive producer Ray Winnegar announced that there will be five new major books this year. They'll include September's The Wild Beyond the Witchlight from Chris Perkins and November's Strixhaven Curriculum of Chaos, along with three other titles that they have not yet announced. So uh, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro is putting the pedal to the metal on D&D. Now, if you, the next news item will help you figure out what those titles are. There's a, a July event coming up. It's not July yet. Even when we post the show, it shouldn't be that far into July yet. <laughs> There's going to be nice. a, a live uh, event mid-July. I don't have the website up in front of me, but we've announced it in the past. They have a new charity stream that they announced that's uh, benefiting Extra Life. It's going to feature a host, uh, Dungeon Master Kate Welch, who is kind of a professional online DM type gal. She seems pretty great. And on her crew, they'll be featuring Jack Black, uh, Reggie Watts, who is accredited in a lot of sound stuff and as an actor in a lot of media. 
uh, Lauren Lampkus, and you may not know her name, but you'd probably see her face. She had a recurring role on Big Bang Theory, and she's been in a bunch of other things. Um, she was uh, uh, one of the guys' recurring girlfriends, um, Stewart's recurring girlfriend in the last season. And to round out that group, there's Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, the director Kevin Smith and Jason Muse from Jay and Silent Bob. So those two crazy characters will be infecting this uh, D&D session. And they have one more special guest that they haven't even announced yet. So if you're into watching celebrities play D&D, this looks like a pretty interesting batch of dudes. Jack Black and Jason Muse fighting together in an RPG. Who to thunk it? Sounds awesome. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So Perfect. I wanna I wanna add some D and D news. Oh, lay it on me. Uh, the game Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance has was released today, I believe. Oh my. Yeah, it's on the Xbox Series X. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, and most importantly, oh, sorry, it's uh available on Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Windows 10 PC and phones and tablets via Xbox Cloud Gaming. So here's a cool thing. It's available on the Xbox Game Pass. Oh, I guess it's tomorrow that it comes out. Oh, good. So um, if you have the Games Pass, you get this game for free. So it looks like it's a multi-party game. Um, and um, yeah, it uh, sounds like it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's a free game for you if you got Games Pass. And uh, it's supposed to be one of their uh, big, big ones. The big ones, know? yes. So um, there's uh, the rumor is is that they're going to start releasing more D and D content that are directly tied to the different video game titles that they have planned. So if you nice. played the game, sometimes the games feel like one thing, and the RPG feels like a totally separate thing. Looks like Hasbro is going to be doing a lot of crosswalking of stuff. Nice. And this is one of the big crosswalks is our next uh, news item. Um, there's a Magic the Gathering crossover set, right? You can play D&D cards in Magic the Gathering. And of yep. course, Magic has had multiple uh, supplements in the game. So Wizards of the Coast expects a lot of interest in the game from new players. And they want to prepare game stores for the influx of new players with free supplements. Oh. Each Wizards Play Network store will receive an introductory adventure set in the Forgotten in the Forgotten Realms, along with uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms spellbooks for participants in the second pre-release events. Additionally, customers who purchase any Dungeons and Dragons product will receive a welcome booster card set for Magic: The Gathering. So they are balling all this stuff up real tight. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're not messing around. So if that if that interests you guys, if you're like, man, I love, I love magic, but I've always wanted to get into D and D or vice versa, this is your moment. This is uh, this is when they've they've heard you. They want to help you. Uh, last cool. news item that I have is Marvel Entertainment, and who doesn't love a lot of Marvel Entertainment? Uh, Marvel Entertainment announced a new tabletop role-playing game set in their comic universe, Marvel Multiverse Role-Playing Game. Guess what? There's going to be a multiverse movie coming out. And guess what? If you've been watching low-key, pay attention, people. Yeah, for the, sure. The game will use the D616 system. 616. That's a joke based on the Marvel comic book continuity being set in Earth 616 within the multiverse. Yep, yep. So... 
the playtest game comes out in March of 22 with a full release scheduled for 2023. Uh, though Matt Forbeck confirmed in a post on his website that you'll be able to create your own characters as well as play existing Marvel superheroes. And that sounds fun. If you're going to do a multiverse, you might as well play your favorite hero. Um, and if there's an infinite number of multiverses, there's an infinite number of Spider-Man. So as we learned in uh, the animated Spider-Man movie. So check Which it is out. a great movie, by the way. Yep. Oh, man. It is solid from top to bottom. Solid. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited. I love the idea of, you know, doing Guardians of the Galaxy or Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and having um, the 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 book fortify that, anybody can take a generic RPG and skin it with what they want, and, and a lot of people do that and have great results. But there's just something different about having a, a game that's designed around the IP and not vice versa. Right. Yep. That's the news, and I'm out of here. That's a Dennis, <laughs> that's a Dennis Miller reference for you old farts that's who remember great. Dennis Miller. He was great on the uh, weekend news. I loved him. He was great. All right, well, let's get to our main topic. Uh, we are going to talk about our favorite game holes and what we love about them. So, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about, you know, your friendly local game stores and, you know, why they were important to the gaming industry and to the community and and why they, you know, why we should support them. Um, but we're going to kind of, you know, take a different tact here um with this topic and uh you know we're probably inevitably going to touch on some of the things that we talked about with our local gaming stores but really like we want to talk about why we love going to game at the places that we love to game at and this, so, this one's about yeah. getting out of your house and gaming i know a lot of people yeah. still maybe are worried about covid19 i think we're just sharpening on our pencils and getting excited and wrapping our brains around all the ways we can game, not over Zoom and not in our own house or our buddy's house. Right, right. So um, let me talk to you about a store that I love. Uh, you know, it, it's a store that I love, and it's it's for um, kind of some funny reasons. And, and I got a couple I got a couple points I want to talk about. But uh, tonight I want to talk to you about the Tower Games down in Norfolk, Virginia. Here's the reason I love it. Um, you walk in to the store. Uh, this is why I like gaming there. You 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 walk into the store and in like there's lots of product. You know what I mean? Like you have tons of board games that's over on the right. You've got a ton of RPG stuff in the middle with like all the supported minis. So you mm -hmm. have like the Pathfinder minis. You have the the you know, the D&D &D, uh, WizKids minis and all that stuff, right? So, and they're all, like, all right there. So, you're doing a Minds of Fandelver mission. Oh, here's all the associated minis right near it that you could get. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Great. It's great. Um, and um, uh, then you have over in the other section um, the couple Warhammer tables, you know, that they have. Um and then in the back, you have like a whole bunch of round tables that they use for um, uh, RPGs. And they got a schedule up so you can be like, okay, Wednesdays Age of Sigmar night, Thursday is 40k night, uh, Tuesday night is D&D Adventures League, Thursday, Friday night's D&D Adventures League. You know, it doesn't prevent other people from kind of coming and gaming as well, but like the that backspace is reserved for those. 
um, those other games, you know. So um, I like it. I like it because you have the variety there. Um, but here's the thing that I love the most about it. They buy and sell used miniatures. Oh, so, even better. Yeah. So what's great is like I um, said, hey, I'm looking for like – four of these types of models four groom gas reapers right you can only buy them in a pack of 10 i need four i don't need all 10 you know and i can go into this store and sometimes they have it sometimes they don't it just depends on what people sold them right but i can also be there and like like man i always wanted one of these like corn demon models and here it is and instead of it being you know 30 dollars, i can buy it for five done nice you know what i mean nice, like nice. and so i picked up a lot of models there that i have used in my Warcry bands um because those are great for these little one-off models that you need to do and uh you know and do that so so what do i love about the tower games i love um the variety of stuff that is there like this is why i why i like going there to game is there's many things that are there um and uh, and of course they speak to my heart with a lot of miniatures, including used ones that I can pick up. So now tell me, you, know. you would this is squarely a game store. It is squarely yes. a game store. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like their main purpose in life is to be a, a kind of a retail outlet for games. That is very true. So um, yeah. So one thing. Like okay, well let me let me kind of nitpick a little bit. If if they could have some other things, what would I like? I would like um what Huzzah Hobbies has, which is like a little food counter. Like you want a hot dog, you want a you yeah. want a drink, like you want a snack, you want you know you want you want some cookies or something like that. Yeah. Like uh, or chips. Like you you got a little snack counter that you can um, go get some stuff at. You know. Um, so they don't, they don't really have that kind of, um, retail, but I will say that there is a Chick-fil-A literally 30 yards away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I think you're covered if you need a little snacky snack. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself. You know? Yeah. So I think there's kind of a difference between going to a game store and like a game cafe, right? Very true. Game, Absolutely. So this is a great game store. Um, it sounds like, you know, it's a, it's a great place to get a good deal as well as connect up with other players. Yep. And I've been and, to and I've a been lot to of H- different ways. Yeah. And I've been to Huzzah. Uh, I've been there for their retail experience, less to game there. And little did I know before COVID, I could have just gotten in my car and gone to tournaments there, which I never really did because I was just too busy with yeah. raising children and supporting my family. Um, <laughs> And now it's like, oh, no, I can't do that. Well, that sucks. So, um, th- so we there's game. There's places where you just go buy games. There's places where you go buy games and yep. play them. Yep. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is like I'm gonna call them game cafes for this discussion, which is very true. It's really about you coming and playing the game and then they're going to sell you other stuff whether it's a game or whether it's refreshments or whatever yeah and you don't see a lot of these right they're popping up more but these are more rare than your typical run-of-the-mill game stores yes so let me talk about my two of my favorites Uh, one of them is in my hometown of las vegas um 
It's Meepleville in Las Vegas, Board Game Cafe. It's at 4704 West Sahara. They are great. I haven't been there in a long time. I was supposed to go a few weeks ago when I was in town, but they are not open on Mondays or Sundays. So I showed up on a Monday night with my brother. He had been there two nights before, and he's like, we got to go back to Meepleville because it's so great. They have um, tons and tons of board games, hundreds and hundreds of games. And, you know, it, it's pretty much the same kind of warm-up food that you would expect kind of from what you you kind of just described. So you kind of really don't go there to eat. And there is a sitting fee to go, and I'm happy to pay it. Let me tell you why. Because they don't let lack of knowledge about a game be a thing that uh, th- that holds you back. So my brother and I, when we were there about a year ago, we pulled out a pretty complex game, and they're like, uh, uh, we got a guy, we got a guy, we got a guy who's played this. You got to get over here and teach these two guys how to play this game. And they were amazing. And it wasn't a really expensive sitting fee. It was like 10 bucks. And, uh, we were happy to spend lots of money there and it, it didn't, we, we, we just had a blast. So if you're in Las Vegas and you're staying on the strip and you're like, okay, well, casino games are fun, but they're not my games. Uh, I'll highly rep- recommend uh, Meepleville as a place. Nice. It's a place Tuesday through Saturdays to go check out. The nice thing about what these guys do is they're open to any kind of game, right? So they have like dedicated uh, bridge where they teach people how to pray- play bridge. Oh, wow. And backgammon. And so they're not like there's, and they have werewolf night, right? Like, okay. So they have everything. And they're they're like not, they're not too snooty to, you know, they're not like, hey, we're just into war games or we're just into this. If your grandma needs a place to go play bridge and find new bridge players, they can go to this place. So they're they're full service uh, gaming from from top to bottom and a lot you of think, fun. Do you think they have uh, phase ten tournaments? Uh, <laughs> we lost Jay. We lost Jay there. <laughs> Jay was here and then he he exploded. I think that was. Jay, on my way out. He was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a spontaneous explosion. I think actually, Sean. I think uh, one of our friend Sean hates the game more than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sean yeah, Fielding. Yeah. 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 But anyways, horrible game. <laughs> that horse is beaten to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, so the other one that we have near us, it's it is called Cro- Crossroads Table. Top Tavern. It's in yep. yeah. Games Tavern. Games Tavern. I, I just copied and pasted this right off their internet. Crossroads Tabletop Tavern. It is a bar. They have a it is a bar restaurant. They have bar food food. Yep. The guy who opened it up had a great selection of games and said, Hey, we gotta connect these two things. And so the, you know, it is bar food, and that's cool if you're you know, and that's no big deal. And I'm sure if you're um, you know, into the alcoholic side, all that stuff's there for you as well. Um, and they've got two levels, one level that's a little more family oriented and one more that's a little more bar oriented, but they're all great. And, uh, I think we've talked about them in the past. I like, I like going to games cafes more than I like going to game stores. Uh-huh. I think the social contract's a little different and I end up spending more money on food than I would on a game. Like yeah. I don't want to sh- I don't want to show up to a game and have the guy be like, "Hey, there's this new thing coming out and try to push a game on me." I'd rather just like, you know, order the cheese fries or whatever and and yeah. and and keep the desserts coming. Uh, so that's or pay a sitting fee. I've decided I don't have a single problem with sitting fees at all um but of course i'm in a financial place where i don't really care that doesn't really hit it's me a, 
it's a difficult thing, right? Because I remember when Games Parlor didn't have setting fees, and then uh, and they had you had Tuesday Night Magic, you had you had Tuesday Night Chess Club. There are all yeah. sorts of games in that big area, and then uh, they started doing the sitting fee, and it just started thinning down. Try, and then, up. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then eventually they had to downsize, and then they closed. It was kind of like a sitting fee was almost like a writings on the wall. Well, and, and it, you got to work with your customer base, right? Like, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of this more gentrified gaming where they're targeting kind right. of my demographic people that have, yep. and they're kids who are like, I love gaming, but you can't, you know, you can't nickel and dime me. I don't have, I don't have disposable income, like a, right. a salaried adult. Um, and it's different every time. And, and some of those stores that we talked about, they make all their money off of their bags of chips and their fridge full of Cokes, you yep. know, and their candy bars. That's kind of a profit margin there. And that's good, too. Whatever whatever works for whatever store you got. I guess. I mean, you'd have to sell like 100 Cokes a night to really. Yeah. <laughs> to pay rent. That Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Well, you know, and, and, and I think I think the, the trick is this, right, with like a sitting fee. You get what you pay for, and if people feel like they are getting a good deal, a good experience, they're happy to pay for that experience. Yeah, you know, like if it, you said yeah. you had a great mm-hmm. time, you said that a guy came over and helped you learn a game. Yeah, I mean, if you if they were just like, all right, go sit over at that fold out table on those fold out metal chairs, and just you got to pay ten dollars an hour to sit there. And play a game that's missing components or something like yeah. that. You'd be like, I'm never coming <laughs> right. back to this yeah. place again. This place sucks. No, I know? felt so welcome. I felt wanted. Yeah. I felt like my gamer cred was great. And they had people learning games who were not used to gamer stuff. They would they would walk by a Star Wars game and go, is that a Euro game? And they go, no, 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 this is a different thing. A Euro game's a little different. And that's that was totally fine. That was totally fine. And th- this yeah. place also was like, hey, your grandma likes bridge, bring her. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and I, if I would, yeah. And because I knew that that was, that sitting fee got me some time with a person who taught me how to play a game yep. and, and they, they need to make sure that people just don't move in there. I mean, they're not right, that far right. off of Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. That's so, true. you know, right. um, you know, and their, their food is super well-priced. Uh, let me give you a hint. If you're in Las Vegas, cause I know people pass through there. There's a, a crazy, gigantic pizza place across the street in the shopping center they'll sell you a five foot diameter pizza oh my god line now now that's a good reason to spend money at meepleville and get get a slice after they do have pizza at meepleville so please give them money if you end up <laughs> there going you go. they're great yeah there you go yeah but yeah. they're not like, five feet in diameter <laughs> I, say, yeah. I like I, I really like cafe stores and i think the older i get the more i do like them because i feel like yeah. i can sit down and i can have kind of a full experience um and it's also an excuse if you want to go get some food, you can combine food with gaming if you're not too picky on what you're going to eat that night, right? Uh, yeah, it's true. Well, and that- and play, and play, to be honest with you. And the reason I say that is that you can go on double dates with people who aren't gamers and then yeah. pull out a game that's for everybody if they've got a good selection. You know? Yeah, so. I've, I have... Um, you know, when I travel a lot for work, and when I tra- every time I travel, whenever I travel by myself... Um, I always try to find a game, a local game store and go visit it. Um, and so I've been to game stores kind of all over the country and I don't really, you know, I don't write, I don't have like a little black book that I write them down in to make sure a couple (laughs) of them, a couple of them I've revisited as I've come back into town and stuff, but I usually just try to find a new random 
store in a, I have made the mistake a few times not knowing that it was a cafe and like walking in with a drink, you know, and then feeling like, you know, the loser who brought his own food into the womp, into the womp. place. But uh but there you know, I'll say out of all of the stores that I've visited across the country, the one that sticks out in my mind is uh and that I actually have a shirt for is Critical Hit Games in Saint Petersburg, uh uh, Florida. Wow. And that's because it's, and it's not anything special in terms of a game store. It's a standard run of the mill game store with tables in the back and shelves of games. But I, this is the one store that I have walked into. And right when I walked into the store, people who were playing a game said, Hey man, you want to play a game with us? And I was invited. I was invited to sit down at a table within five minutes of walking. Wow. In store. That's awesome. And, and so I sat there and I played a game. I don't even remember what the game was, you know, yeah, but who cares? some, some random game. I play with, play with a bunch of guys, and we shot the breeze and talked for a little bit, and we were done. I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy a shirt, so I bought a shirt, and I don't think I've ever been in the store since. But it's just I remember that store because it's the one store that you know an ex- an invitation was extended to me beyond me just having to kind of walk up and ask people what they were playing. Yeah. So that that's the culture is important, I think. Yeah. The store. The social connection and people get loyal to their game stores because they know the owner and they know the people who are there. Yeah. And they feel at home. You know, we we're, if you just want to play video games in a dark basement and just play games all day, you can and get a different gaming experience than being around human beings. And yeah. these these experiences have to serve that need. You know, I mean, we you know, growing up in the '80s and '90s, there were all kinds of game stores. Some of them great, some of them not great. And usually they had a usually they were comic book stores that had like evolved yep. a gaming section yep. or yep. baseball card collector stores yeah that right magic the yeah. gathering stocked and i remember the store i spent almost all my money at um he would give you 10 percent off at the register and he was a nice guy until he thought that you might be shoplifting and then he stopped doing that <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i remember the first day he didn't give me 10 percent off i'm like okay i i wasn't shoplifting but thanks uh i'll pay it that's what the sticker says no no problem there um so i i I wish every store was an awesome experience because part of me does want to have a great retail experience but man in the age of amazon it is hard to enjoy retail which is why when i go to crosstown tavern i know i'm spending a lot of money on food and we order way too much food and we spend way too many hours there yeah i always try to buy a game thing too well, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I was literally just thinking, like, in the age of Amazon, what these what these gaming stores should be doing is having open box version of whatever game they're selling and be like, you want to demo the game? Yeah. You want to go try it out? Yeah. Like, we think you're going to love this game. You should go try it out. Go play a game, and then when if you come back, I'll give you you know 10 percent off of it or whatever it is you know and you're like oh my gosh but that's what you can do with these at these gaming cafes you can literally be like i have never played that game before and i've always wanted to try it let's pull it out let's play it and then you're like i love this game and i will buy that one that's on the shelf that's wrapped you know so um yeah i i think it's a great model um to do that and like i said um we We've gone double dates to ca- gaming cafes before, and we've played complicated games, and we played non-complicated games, and you know, like uh, we we had a good time all around. Like every time I've gone there with another couple, we always had a good time um, because there's so much variety, and and it's a relaxed environment 
where you can have dinner and chat and, you know, be like, okay, it's your turn. And you're like, okay. And then it doesn't matter how long you take because, you know, I'm eating my dinner. Well, and there's a difference between a store like that, which is way more board game focused and a, a, a retail-based place that has tables for RPGs. Well, an RPG yeah. session, that's three or four hours, of course, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's some places, if you if you got an itch to try D&D, you may not be able to get that at 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 a um, at a at a cafe. cafe. Sorry, thank you. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. I, ha- uh, here's a question: yeah. Have Have any of you guys ever gone to a game store to play an RPG? Uh, I've wanted to, but no, I have not. But I've observed a lot of people doing it over the years. Yeah, I've never I've never done it there. And that's the thing, right? Like I've always thought, well, maybe maybe one session we'll all just meet at the local game store to try to do it there. But I don't, I don't know, man. It's uh, you know, I I know that it's a great place for people who are in like D when D and D Adventure League was big. You know, you could yeah, you could look it up and it would tell you where they were holding Adventure League sessions. Right, uh, and it didn't matter. Like yep. you could go like if you didn't have a gaming group, you could find one there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think you know. that's great. And I've thought about doing that for Unique Systems, but I'll tell you, this is. This is the key that's kind of kept me from it, right? Is you guys know me, you know I like D and D. I don't mind it, but I I like I love trying different things, yeah. different systems yeah. and things, and and it's really hard to find different systems, at least what I found in in these stores advertised. Yeah. It's really just like your standard either Pathfinder or D and D, and then sometimes uh, Star Wars. Because they got to get a critical mass, right? They got to. Yep. They can't yep. like put up paranoia in it and. There's nothing more depressing than seeing a DM ready to play a game and nobody wanting to play the game. And but maybe, you know what? And be... maybe one person. That's always de- <laughs> right. That's e- almost as depressing to watch one we person. Should, we should do an experiment. We should find a few because there's a few local gaming stores within driving distance of us, right? Uh, you know, reasonable driving, like maybe an hour within an hour of us. We should we should do an experiment where we pick those stores and we put up a flyer like a month's notice flyer that that like advertises a random game system like maybe call Cthulhu and I'll do like yeah. a mothership and then we and then we come that day and see what kind of turnout we get for that thing that we've advertised That'd and see how well funny. it works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you never know. Like what stores support a scene that you know pays attention to the flyers and is interesting in trying new things and just likes to get that together to game. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, when back in the day at my first sci-fi convention that I went to, I was about 14 years old. They also had a game room that was largely D&D, but they had other role-playing games there. And I, I met a few people that we later got together and played just because... I didn't know anybody else who played this game that I wanted yeah. to play yeah. outside of you know myself, my brother, and uh, two other guys and our limited gaming group. And, and that was kind of great when you had to like exchange phone numbers and say, when's a good time to call? <laughs> you know? Right, right. right. Um, so I think for retail RPG experiences, I think that's where they get that now when there's not a convention. You, you know, you can have a... A non-terrible great gaming group with three other people. Um, it's and you could do that in a store. Yeah. You could make yeah. that work in a store. Yeah, yeah. I um. Yeah, I've never I've never done an RPG in the store. I've obviously played some you know Warhammer and stuff like that in the store, and you know part of the reason to go there is, 
it's a neutral place. Like sometimes going over to another person's house can get a little weird sometimes. You know what I mean? Because like you don't know them that well. If they're not in your kind of circle of trust. Yeah, exactly. And um, and the store usually has a six by four table. I mean, there's not a lot of people that I know that have that six by four table. Yeah. Like ready to go for you know Warhammer. And then um, the other thing is they have the terrain. You know, they got a lot of terrain pieces that you can do. Now, um, I've got a lot of terrain myself now. I do have a 6x4 table. And actually, yeah. the table size for Warhammer has reduced drastically. So it doesn't need to be that big. Um, and so now, all of a sudden, I'm like, hmm, I can game out of my house a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you well, just got to invite those people over. Yeah, exactly. Into your circle of trust. If only, If only there was somebody who wasn't, like, at the beach all the time. I know. <laughs> yeah. So let's circle back to that idea, right? Like, if you I'm go, sure my wife would love to play with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to teach her how to play Warhammer. Yeah. If we circle back to the idea of if you play in a game store that's known to have a competitive environment, and they play your game, let's say for instance, at one point in time, Northern Virginia had the guy who won X-wing worlds three years in a row. Yeah. And everybody in town was sharpening their blades against him and against the guys <laughs> right? who used to almost beat him, right? And now he now he judges, right? Um, so, so judgy. Well, I mean, God. you can't have a tournament without <laughs> judges, right? I, uh, that's probably my future in X-Wing is to be the judge who never plays and doesn't understand the game. And as players yell at him, that's not the rule! You don't know what you're talking about! So anyway. Those who can't play judge. Those who can't play judge. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're at a game store um, you and you're into competitive gaming, you're going to get a lot more out of that. You're, I, I, I venture yeah. to say you can listen to 30 hours of podcasts. It's pretty much nothing compared to three hours to going to a game store that has a slightly competitive meta. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, Magic the Gathering is a great example. Almost every game store across the country has a Friday Night Magic. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just it's such true. a, you know, you think D&D is a big thing that's really kicking off. Like, it's still, <laughs> you know, Magic it, yeah. is still, like, yeah. huge. Yeah. And you go into these you go to these game stores that are dead Monday through Thursday and you're like, Man, how's this place staying in business? And then Friday night you show up to try to play a game and the tables are just packed and the people are <laughs> there with the mats and the cards and you're just yeah. like, This is why this is their main yeah. yeah. They're hovering over the display cases being like, Oh, I want that card. How yep. much is it? Forty yep. dollars? Yeah, I'll buy it. Yep. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay, this is how they stay in business. I remember yeah. not that many years ago, that was the Saturday morning experience for um, Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, and in fact, the one, or Guild Gaming used to be a big Yu-Gi-Oh place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Down by us, but uh, I don't know about it anymore, but anyways. Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Yeah, so, you know, um, the, you know, the game stores, like some game stores are great to go to, you know, for various reasons. You talked about the Games Cafe. The the last place that I, I wanted to bring up um, that I like going to when I'm gaming outside the house is a good convention, you know. Oh, yeah. And 
And, you know, I like Gen Con. I really do. I like the vendors. I, you know, I mean, there's a there's an atmosphere of just like, this is fun, right? Everybody's having a good time. That There's an energy at that place that you don't find in a game store. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. it's like, it's like that game store energy dialed up to 11 with 50,000 other people, you know? And so, um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I liked, I think I like the... Um, Wargaming conventions a little bit better than Gen Con mm, mm. Um, for that energy. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of like that. I don't know. For for me, I'm kind of a competitive person. And so that absolutely scratches my competitive itch. And, you know, when you're just like, dude, how did you do? And you've got these war stories to tell about like, it was turn three and I just needed to roll a freaking seven on the dice. And I had three rolls to do it and it wouldn't come up, you know, and like hearing those kinds of stories and like hanging out with your friends and, you know, like those, like that's always a ton of fun, like going to those kind of events and and tournaments, like the, the energy is just a lot of a lot of fun. Um, that's and, that's what I really like. And uh, like I I totally hear what you're saying. Um, I remember being was it your first Nova Open where you competed? We were together, right? Yep, yep. And look, after like day two, you were walking around like the mayor. I couldn't walk ten paces with with you without stop. You're stopping and talking to somebody. Uh, I was True. like you're the mayor of Nova Open. Now you hate them. <laughs> you're spitting on their grave, Tui. <laughs> but but still no I mean I like the I like the people there not the not the uh, organizers not the organizers <laughs> but I, I'm not, I met people one year made friends with them in my first round competitive ever stayed friends with them on Facebook and yeah. saw them skipped one year came back the following year and we're all still pals uh, yeah. and that was crazy cool. Um, and yeah, competitive has a different level of kind of player camaraderie. Usually what I find with RPG groups, yeah. when it was 2006, I ran um, a saga, Star Wars Saga D20 at KublaCon in San Francisco. And we had an amazing time and it was a blast and, and everybody walked away just like on cloud high, three inches off the carpet and had a beautiful venue in this awesome hotel to game into. And afterwards, two of the guys were like, so you guys are local. We should do this again. You guys are local. And we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of one of the problems with RPGs is that like, oh, this is over. Are we ever going to do this again? And usually the short answer is no. <laughs> At a convention. You know, unless unless you happen to f- find somebody who's local and you hit it off and decide to be post-con friends. It's like a one one and done thing. I think um, I I like the excitement of Gen Con. I know Justin, you're a much more competitive person than I am. I I would agree. I think that the excitement of a wargaming convention, or I'll just say a competitive event at a convention, yeah, is uh, definitely there's that feeling um, versus versus just playing you know a kind of a one off board game. The 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 multi tournament, the multi um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, bracket, the multi-bracketed type yeah. system. I've looked at some. Um, I've thought about trying to hit up, you know, pre-COVID. Now I'm gonna have to see if these things start coming up again. You know, you'll find local conventions everywhere. And I, I got online at one point and I just typed in, you know, Northern Virginia gaming convention, and you could find like maybe you know one one a month. Yeah. For the whole year, 
Uh, and some of them are really small. And I'm hesit I hesitate a little bit. Like there's one in Richmond. There was one in Richmond that was like, um, I don't remember what it was, but uh, it was like, you know, one day, one full solid day of gaming from sunup to, you know, to sundown or whatever at this one little store. But there were no events to sign up. So I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to drive two hours down there. And right. if I show up and, and, you know, the 10 guys that all know each other create two great two games of five players and then I'm standing sitting there and I'm like driven two hours and there's no free table. Yeah. So yeah. part of me is like, you know, I want to try some of these local uh, smaller ones. Um, it's risky. Part, it's risky. Yeah, the other part of me is a little risky about it. I'm like, well, maybe if I'm going to do it, I want to at least go with a couple dudes so that even if we get there isn't a free table, we can at least, you know, open a card game or something. I yeah. think one of our original intentions of forming our gaming guild was to do that, was to be like, hey, we should, like, two or three of us go to a con and check it out and report back and say, yeah, it was good, it was bad, I would do it, I wouldn't do it. I don't think we ever fulfilled that promise for, I don't know, too many reasons, too many real-life reasons that just got in the way. And we got we we've not been as adventurous as far as the the thing that we pick a lot of it just comes down to spare time and going well if i know i'm gonna to have to take off this day of work and ditch my family on a saturday i'd rather do it for a gen con where i know it's a surefire hit instead <laughs> of wackadoo con which is oh that sucked let's get out of here yeah well that's the other problem is uh you know we're all family men we all have a certain amount of brownie points we can spend each month and uh you know, if you got, especially if you're big into wargaming and you got one, one Saturday a month, you want to do a tournament, you know, an RTT, you're looking at, hey, babe, I love you, but I'm not going to be here at all on Saturday. At all. Yeah. And that, that spends a lot of brownie points. Yeah. And to try to do yes, that regularly. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it gets difficult. Uh, oh, and by the way, the next weekend I have my RPG night and yep. the weekend after that <laughs> I'll be at Sean Fielding's house. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we have the money, the interest, the brains, but we don't have the time like we did when we were 14. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have had time. We should have been getting better grades. I know Jason got good grades, but I know Justin and I barely phoned it in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and, you know, when we get older, we'll have the time and we'll have the money. We just won't have the brains. We will not have the brains. Yeah, that'll be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> or the friends because we'll be dying off left and right. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be good times. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna stay relevant. I promise. I'm gonna keep yeah. up with all the new expansions to every Games Workshop thing, so I can play in my 60s. Yeah, we'll be like, we'll be at the gate. We'll be at Gen Con. So if I roll the dice, I get the blue tokens. Yeah, which ones are the blue tokens? <laughs> the, bl the blue ones. Yeah. Really? You know. Some oh, sorry. You're right. <laughs> Some of us got no, it. sir, sir. Those are the red ones. So no, sir. sir, no, no. But it'll be it'll yeah. No, no, not not the small blue tokens. No, the round rectangular. No, wait. I played an old man in a wheelchair at Nova Open, and he was there with his sons who were like my age, and they had because he was in a wheelchair and Nova Open so cramped. They put us at table one. And I didn't know that was why I was at table one. So I, oh. because table one was supposed to be the best 
yeah. you know, the best of the best. And I remember crapping a brick and then realizing what had happened and did just enjoyed the game. He did beat me. He did beat me barely, um, barely. But all the other guys who didn't know what we were doing walked <laughs> by and thought we were the two top guys in the tournament. That's and, hilarious. You're a table one. <laughs> including one of these guys that was nationally ranked, right, who came by and he's like, like what, whoa, get what's going on? What guys. are you running? What are you running? And I'm like, it's a clerical error that we're here. Move along. <laughs> yeah. These aren't the droids you're looking exactly. for. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I, I don't want to be ageist. I, you know, I remember being at Gen Con and playing what we were, we were playing, something new and different. Oh, it was probably Golem Arcana. And we had a bunch of gamers in their 60s come up and say, okay, what are you guys doing? And, and how is this working? And they wanted to know how the whole thing worked. So yeah. I could see myself being those guys. I totally yeah. can't. Because frankly, there I'm closer to being in my 60s, 60s than, clo- than, than going back in time and being 15 years old. So... <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, yeah. some of, some of my my best games at Gen Con have been with guys who've been around the block and they just yeah. knew how to have a good time with games. Yep, you know? absolutely. And if if you... and that no angst, and they didn't take themselves seriously, right? <laughs> nope, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because they they don't have time to take themselves seriously. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, one one of my favorite guys to play with in our group is uh, Nick, and he that dude, you know, he just he just takes fate the way it comes at him, whatever <laughs> game he plays. You know? Oh, I love it! I love yeah. it. Well, you lost my, your leg. Oh, I guess I'm hopping. <laughs> my favorite is uh, my favorite is that you know, like when I when I play the hard the hard DM with him, you know what I mean, where I'm just like. Uh, you know, bad, bad turn after bad turn after bad turn, and he's like, and of course it is, yeah, and of course it is, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's great. He's like, all right, well, here we go. So it's great. Well, listen, guys, gaming is a big part of all of us. It's you know, it's why we do this podcast. It's 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 why we you know, it's what we like to do in our free time, uh, to kind of keep ourselves active and engaged and having fun. So, you know, a, a big part of this that we missed over the last year was going out to these places. Uh, I know I haven't been back to our games tavern in over a year, and it just made me think like next date night I should we should invite some people and go. It's time to you go. Know? They're open. It's time. They're open. Yeah, let's do it. And a, a lot, even these game stores, nobody has had it. Nobody in retail has had an easy time through COVID unless they had a massive online presence and got yep. lucky. They all need our business. So we might as well throw some money yep. their way and enjoy yep. and enjoy ourselves while we're doing it. Yeah, go out and, and go out and do the things that we love doing, right? So, um, yeah, we encourage you guys to find out what you love about your favorite uh, gaming hovels and, uh, and and go and enjoy. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you know, be sure to uh, like and subscribe and uh, make sure you share this with some friends if you know that they're into gaming as well. So, thanks for listening, guys. All right, see ya. Bye.